You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Uh, so it's uh, pretty cute when babies drool and when they make weird sounds and, uh, you know, it's understandable when they fill their diapers and, you know, do all the crazy things that babies do, right? A lot of it's cute. Babies drool and do stuff. Um, if adults do that stuff, it's not so cute. If adults do the stuff that babies do, it actually is, is kind of sad. Um, and, or it's frustrating sometimes when an adult says something that you think is kind of a baby thing to say. That's not cute and it's not understandable. It's frustrating. And it's the difference between maturity and immaturity. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, we're in our, our Good Eats series and the baby food thing was a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today. So you use your imagination and you think of the things in your mind that come to your mind that babies do that is either cute or understandable at the very least. You don't get frustrated, you don't get mad about it because they're a baby. They're supposed to do that stuff or they kind of do that stuff. So you get that list in your mind. I won't list them all. And then think of those same things and think of adults doing those things. Yeah. It is legitimately heartbreaking and sad for some of it. And then if it's not heartbreaking and sad, you're just frustrated about it because you're thinking you shouldn't be doing that. You should be more grown up than that. Maturity versus immaturity. And we're supposed to grow up. And that's why we get frustrated with people. That's why it's sad when adults and, and older people do those things because we know that we're not supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to move on from baby land and we're supposed to move toward something better. We're supposed to move toward maturity. And we all intuitively just know that. And that's why we have those feelings when we see or we hear things that aren't supposed to be coming out of an older person. And the same is true spiritually. If we can understand that metaphor, we can understand the spiritual parallel to that, which is that if someone is a baby spiritually, they're new at spiritual things, at interacting with spiritual things, new to a relationship with God or knowing about God, we expect certain things. But when someone has been interacting with those things for a long time, we don't expect baby-like things out of them, or we don't expect immature statements or immature actions out of them. So the spiritual truth is the same way. Now, if a baby is going to move from being a baby, laying there like, you know, making cute sounds and move toward maturity, actually doing something, they need solid food to do that. And that's what we're talking about this morning is solid food. And we, if we're just going to sit around all the time and act like babies, just kind of pudgy and drooling and not really doing anything, then we don't need solid food. But if we're going to live the kind of life that we think is mature and awesome and healthy and grown up, we need solid food. So it's the same thing. Spiritually and physically, that concept translates very well. And uh, I remember uh, vividly when we first uh, were giving baby food to our daughter, Sierra, who's turning 18 in June. And she's up here on the platform a lot doing worship and stuff. And uh, Shelly, I know, have this, has this picture ingrained in her mind as well. I'll never forget Cece sitting there, and we were feeding her baby food with a spoon for the first time. This, this jarred stuff, same stuff. And, and she had never had it before. Man, she was ravenous. She was like an animal going after this stuff. One spoonful of it. And I, I remember her mouth tracking the spoon. She was like, <laughs> and she was like, wherever you'd move the spoon, she's like, and you'd get it close. And she's like craning forward to just 
pull that food off of there. And then you couldn't get the spoon back in the jar to give her another spoonful quick enough. She's like, <laughs> and she's just going after it. But solid food was a little bit of a different story. When we got her on solid food, there were things that she liked. And sweet little Cece that you guys know and love. A lot of you at Riverside know her because she's around here doing stuff. And she is sweet. But she was stubborn when it came to the food. You guys didn't see Cece sitting at the table. She wouldn't even say she's not eating it. But she was saying, I ain't eating that. And she would just sit there. And it was a war. It was a silent, cold war. You'd put food in front. She'd sit there for hours, man. She'd sit there until bedtime. There was no manipulating. No, she's like, I am not eating that. You had to strong. I'll never forget those years. It was, it was the cold war over solid food season in Cece's life. Well, eventually, clearly, since she is, she's in the service today, she, uh, she has grown into a mature woman because she's learned how to appreciate solid food. Uh, but I'll never forget that. And, and it's hard to go over to solid food sometimes. When we're used to a certain thing, it's difficult to make the transition to solid food. And the same can be true spiritually. And so I think the real question is not whether or not we need to mature spiritually in other ways. I think everyone could probably agree that that is what we're supposed to do. The question is, what is solid food? I think that's the question I hear people struggling with the most, whether, whether you are not yet in a relationship with God or you're thinking about it or maybe even a Christian for a long time. I've, I've seen this question arise a lot of times. What is solid food spiritually? What's solid food and what does it take to really move to a healthy place, a place that we're created to be, designed to be spiritually? So that's the question that we are going to deal with in a few minutes. So let's, uh, let's pray. Jesus, we need your help this morning. Spirit of God, we need your help. We want you to help us understand in our heart and our mind what you're trying to communicate to us through your word and hopefully through your active voice in our life this morning. So we give our attention to you for these next few minutes. Help us to understand what solid food is, what maturity looks like spiritually. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to turn to Hebrews if you haven't already done that. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, we're not sure exactly who wrote Hebrews. It was one of several early church leaders that uh, were trying to help the people of that time come to a place of spiritual maturity. So writing this content in order to help them get to a place that's healthy and awesome, the way God created them, died for them, designed for them to be. So the writer of Hebrews, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 5, and I would encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 4 in the beginning of uh, chapter 5 to get a little bit of background on this. But in short, he's talking to them about Jesus and why Jesus is such an awesome spiritual leader, why he's qualified to be our spiritual heavenly high priest. He's trying to talk to them about who Jesus is, what faith in him means. And so he's grappling with those spiritual issues as we lead in to verse 11. And he says this in verse 11, we have much to say to you about all of this, all of the faith in Jesus, who Jesus is matters and how he gets us and how he's qualified to be our leader and how he understands us. We have much to say about all this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. And that hit me. I was like, wow. Do I engage on the level I'm supposed to? Am I trying to understand spiritual things? Or am I kind of doing the baby food thing where I'm sitting back and letting, trying to let the airplane fly in? Open wide. And in my life, that challenged me because I'm thinking, man, I, I don't ever want to just sit back 
and just expect things to come to me. I want to engage. I want to try to understand. I want to open my heart, open my mind to the things of God so that he can show me who he is and he can show me what kind of life he wants me to live. And I think a lot of times we put ourselves on the outside and we try to evaluate from a distance. And it's very difficult to do that and to get anywhere spiritually. We have to engage, we have to dig in, we have to grapple in order to get to a place of maturity. And and that's the whole, it's tough to move over to solid food thing, but we have to dig into it. Verse 12, in fact, he says, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you elementary truths of God's word all over again. You ought to be teachers which I think gives us a little quick glimpse of what the spiritual health trajectory should be for us as human beings. God wants us to move from a place of babydom and immaturity, and he wants us to move to the place where we can actually help others engage with spiritual truth. We can help others understand who God is. We should all be moving to that place where we're assisting other people and getting their food as well. And so that's, that's a, a short, quick picture of what God's plan for us is. He says, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you the elementary truths, the elementary truths of God, God's word. That phrase right there literally means the ABCs of God's word. That's what it actually means. The literal translation of that is the ABCs of God's word. And it makes sense to us in kind of a fresh way when we think about it like that. He said, you should be teachers, but you're stuck on the ABCs. All of us can get that as an educational picture. We would look at that stage of life and we would be like, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, we should be able to move past that because we can never get to the place where we can use language appropriately if we're still stuck on the ABCs. No one should be stuck on the ABCs. He says, you need milk, not solid food. Again, the phrase actually means, it's kind of funny what the the phrase actually means, something that's physically impossible. He says, you have become needing of baby food. You have become needing of milk. That's what he actually means, but you need milk, not solid food. So it's like you have started reversing and going backwards. And I like to invent words. And the, words, the word that I typed in that got the red line underneath it was immaturing. We're either maturing or immaturing, which is really physically impossible. We can't do that. But he's saying that's, somehow that's what you guys are doing. And another word I thought of was amaturing. Also not a word, but I like it. So we're either maturing, immaturing, or amaturing. But you know what none of us are doing physically, developmentally? You know what no one in this room is doing? Nobody stands still. There is no such thing as standing still spiritually either. We're either maturing or we are immaturing or amaturing. Now, the way I think about amaturing, the the reason I like that little word is because amaturing suggests that we kind of know enough to make us dangerous. I know a lot about enough things to make me dangerous in those areas. Uh, Fixing stuff. I know just enough to make me dangerous. Using tools, just enough to make me dangerous. We all have subjects where we know just enough to make us dangerous when we start meddling and we have the potential to do a lot of damage. I think there are a lot of people that that are kind of in that place spiritually where they're out roaming around the world. Maybe you've interacted with people like that and seen that to where they're kind of the amateuring out there. They're kind of the label of a Christian and they kind of know enough Bible and scripture to make them dangerous but they're just kind of out there doing damage, and maybe you've been damaged by that. Immaturing is just moving backwards. 
Because you think you're standing still, but really moving backwards. So again, the question that popped in my mind, am I maturing? Am I immaturing? Or am I amateuring? And he's saying, you guys, you're, you're sliding backwards. You, you were on this place where you, you were born. You came to this knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is, but somehow you should be here, but you've started backtracking in your faith and in your spiritual life. It's a it, powerful concept. Verse 13. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. See, I think a lot of times we take this whole spiritual maturity thing, growing up in your faith, solid food. Maybe you've heard some, if you've been in church for a while, the meat. I want meat. I want solid food. And we, in the Christian world, somehow, it has kind of come to this place of almost like an academic understanding of what solid food is. In order to mature, we need more information. And maybe you haven't been around the church thing, but I think Western culture can even be kind of like that, where we objectively just we evaluate the snot out of everything, and we measure everything. And those aren't, those aren't bad things to do necessarily, but I think taking the solid food and what we need to mature concept and making it totally academic, I don't believe, based on scriptures like this, that that is the right way to view what solid food and maturity is. It's not another class. It's not just understanding more about what we already know. He's saying that you're not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? This is where we start dealing with that what is solid food thing. What, what is righteousness? Righteousness is right living, right doing, right acting. It's, it's being out in the world and, and living like Jesus, being like God, having a life that actually resembles the kind of life that God wants us to have. It's action that translates into right living and right doing. It's a life full of love and service and sacrifice and breathing those things into the world as God fuels us to do that. And somehow I think we can, we can easily sit back and say, well, no, no, it's, it's really just, it's, it's another class. It's knowing more about this subject or that's being in a Bible study where I understand the book of Daniel even more, the original language even. Well, is, he would say, is this helping you to be more righteous out there? Because if that understanding is not leading to righteousness, then maybe it isn't solid food. Maybe it's really not a true mark of maturity how much you know about these subjects. So it's a, it's a challenging thought, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. You only need milk and baby food if you're just kind of sitting around on the couch in a diaper. If you're not doing anything, you really don't need solid food because solid food is for the mature. Well, what do you need solid food for physically? You only need solid food if you're moving around, if you're expending energy, if you're out living, doing, being productive, then you need solid food to fuel that life. If, if you're just sitting, then solid food is not required. And it's the same spiritually, very similar spiritually. We don't need solid food spiritually if we're not moving. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Well, why would we need to know good from evil? So that we can make right choices, which direction to move, how to act, how to relate to other people, how to do the will of God, how to serve him, how to love God and love others. 
This is why we need solid food. It's not just to have solid food so we're stuck here knowing more. Solid food is so that we can do, live, act, be what God created us to be, what he wants us to be. He goes on. Therefore, let us. It's a group thing. We do this together. It's very difficult to mature without the help of other people. And it's not God's plan for us. Let us move. Let us move Move, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ. There's about Christ and there's with Christ. Another stagnation point, again, whether, whether you have been a Christian or a follower of Jesus for a long time or maybe you're just checking it out and you're kind of new to it, about Christ will only take you so far. With Christ will take you exactly where he needs to go. But again, I think our tendency, and not always for bad reasons, we, we, we're, we're nervous about getting hurt, we're not sure, and so we stay in the about posture. We look from a distance. We evaluate Jesus based on sermons and church services and what friends say about, but we'll only get so far in that process of maturity and deeper spiritual things when we're standing on the outside just evaluating everything. This Jesus thing, this God thing, spiritual things, I believe the scriptures teach, is not primarily academic and based on knowledge. I believe that it is primarily based on an invitation to relationship and experience with a God who is alive, with Jesus who is alive as you sit here today, which means it's an invitation to an active relationship, not just standing back. So if you are here, this morning, and you've been kind of in that phase where we all start out where you're looking at it, and you've not yet stepped into a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you that the only way you're really going to know whether he is or not, who he is, is to step into a relationship and start talking to him directly. Accept the fact that this is a relationship and begin communications directly with him because he's alive. We preach this all the time. Jesus rose from the dead, which means he can speak for himself. And I'm a believer. I wouldn't be standing up here this morning if I didn't think that you couldn't talk to Jesus on your own and have him show himself to you. And I honestly believe that if you're open and you really invite him to show himself to you, if you really say, I wanna know who you are, I wanna engage with your purpose, I wanna figure this thing out, I really honestly and sincerely believe that he will respond to you and he doesn't need me to do it for him. He doesn't need anyone else to do it for him. If your heart is open and you reach to him, he will reach back. We can only get so far when it's about Christ. We've got to do it with Jesus. This life of learning and knowing Jesus and, and knowing who God is is an active participation life. It's not a sit back and observe and evaluate life. And if we stay in that posture, then we'll be stagnant. We'll be stuck and we'll be moving backwards. So he says, we've got to move from the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken, be taken forward. Not taken forward of our own accord, but be taken. That's passive. We have to be carried on. Well, then the question begs, well, okay, if I can't, if I have to be carried, who's carrying me and why can't I carry myself? Because we're human. We're broken and spiritual things are not something that we can carry ourselves onto. We need help. God wants to do it with us. And again, to that point of Jesus offers his hand to us saying, I want to show you a lot of the stuff you're wondering about, but we need to do this together. You can't sit back and figure out everything about God without his help. 
And Jesus, by, by clearing away our sin and dying on the cross and clearing away all the baggage of our past, offers us that reset to come to the table and say, hey, let's do this together. We've cleared all that out of the way. Let's figure this relationship and this life out together. And so again, he's asking for your hand. We have to be taken forward, carried forward to maturity. And I love these next few things. It's so applicable. As long ago as this was written, it's so applicable to us today. And here are some of the things that he, he just kind of throws out there as marks of immaturity or marks that we're immaturing or amaturing, marks that we're not really in the mindset or the heart set that we should be in when it comes to maturity and solid food. And this shows you, too, what solid food is and isn't, all right? So he says, we've got to move on. <laughs> we've got to move on, he said, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Maybe you're a Christian in here and you're thinking, well, wait, we've got to move on past repentance? Yeah. He's like, if all you're doing is just worried about whether you're sinning all the time is, is where you're stuck, there's really more to following Jesus than just like, man, am I sinning? Am I sinning? Am I, not, am I sinning? Am I sinning? Did I not sin? Oh, gosh. I he said there's more to that. The beginning is coming to him and saying, wipe away my sin. I come to, I need a reset. I need a spiritual rebirth. Maybe you've heard the Christian term born again. That's literally the first experience of stepping into a relationship with God. It's like being a new, newborn baby spiritually. That's what that's talking about. But he's saying that's just the starting point. That's not where you stop. That's just the beginning of a whole life of wonder and adventure and awe and serving and love and giving and sacrifice and knowing who God is. He said, guys, can we move on past that and see what the rest of this is all about? And then the next thing, man, it's so human. He said, can we move on? He says, uh, verse two, beyond instruction about cleansing rites. You're like, what, what even is that Exactly dumb stuff that we just get caught up in. You know, the stuff that we do. We say, well, well, we don't talk about cleansing rights. We've got our religious stuff that we do. You know, we come into a church and we're like, oh, that pastor, you know, he's not wearing a suit. Well, I like that other one better. He's wearing, he's wearing shorts or vice versa. Or, you know, the brick building really is, you know, I don't know about the mall stuff or churches that meet in a warehouse. I'm not really sure. That church only takes communion twice a month. This one once a month. I'm going with the twice a month people because they have it right. We do this. We slip into these religious evaluations we fight with each other, we argue with each other, we, we, we quibble, quabble, squibble, squabble about all of this stuff. And he's saying, guys, there's a little more to this than us just arguing about religious practices. This is not productive. It's not helping us to lead righteous lives. God has a bigger, better plan than us sitting around squibbling about these things. So he's saying, can we please move on past that? The laying on of hands. You're like, what's that about? Well, that's like saying, well, the bass player, did Pastor Bill anoint them before they up there? I don't know if we can have Steve Ashby up here playing if Pastor Bill didn't pray for him this morning. Or, or maybe, well, well, we should have this person up there because the board of elders laid their hands on it. But he didn't, I don't know about him. He didn't get the, that was, that was what that was all about. Which leaders laid hands on them? Are they, are they supposed to be? And it was the stuff that people got caught up in. And the writer of Hebrews saying, guys, we need to move on past this to the, to the real focus of what living for God is supposed to be about. And then, man, there's always, as long as I've been in church, there's always been obsession over these next two things. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Man, 
It's like, what do the bowls of Revelation stand for? That's the way I want to spend my next month in Bible study. Okay, great. If you want to spend, have a big, awesome, deep Bible study where you go into a dark room with five other people and talk about the bowls of Revelation, that's fine. But he's saying there's got to be an act, there's got, there's got to be leading to acts of righteousness out in the world. So when we become cloistered, debating about minor points in the Bible that we're never going to figure out anyway, or, or spiritual, we, we argue, we there's so many things we just retreat and we withdraw and we get really inward and academic and he's saying we our vision needs to be up and what we do to fuel ourselves in places like this needs to impact our living out there and if it doesn't he's saying can we move on can we get past those things and get to a point where we're actually living righteous lives and living the lives that God wants us to do. And he says in verse three, and God permitting, we'll get to this point, but it's not gonna happen without God's help because we're human, we're broken, we're flawed, we all have our, we all internalize, we all do this, and we need God's help to move past these things and get to a place of health and maturity, which is where God wants us to go. And there's, there's a picture that I think that everybody in here, no matter what your age, is gonna be familiar with that I think sums up this, this, the whole point that I wanted to pull out of this first scripture beautifully. And it's this. When a child wants to be carried, what do they do? Do it. That's the posture of carry me. Carry me forward to a place that I can't go or I'm not going to get there as quickly as I should or in the way that I should. So here, I, I, I can't and I need your help and I'm trusting you to pick me up and carry me. That's an attitude that's expressed there. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you could unpack that goes into this attitude of a child looking up and saying, carrying me. And it doesn't matter who you are this morning, whether you don't feel like you know God or haven't given your life to him or whether you've known him for a million years. This posture always works, always. Wanna be carried forward to maturity? Do we wanna grow into the deeper things of God? This is the posture. Well, what, what does a kid do when they do not want to be carried. You've seen this in the mall, Target, Giant Eagle. What do they do? They do the... <laughs> I want to go. I want my toy. Uh, maybe the legs aren't even moving. Maybe if, if you can't see me in the back, I'm just laying here. And the microphone's feeding back. It's just a mess. I'm laying here. And if you're, and if you're there are two kinds of parents... You guys know the two kind of parents? There's one kind of parents like, I'm out. And then the crying goes, ah! Are they really gonna leave me? And then there's the parent that, oh, come here, come here. And they're embarrassed. They're like, ah! <laughs> Drag them out, right? That's a posture. That's an attitude. The wet noodle attitude. God dragged me. Well, I will say this. You can read your, read, read your scriptures and, and get to know God. I, I, he's not really the wet noodle carrying kind of God. I, he generally doesn't do that. If we don't want to be carried, he's not into it. During worship, when you see people raise their hands, you see people doing this, it's an attitude. It's an expression of humility and kind of scary trust. God, carry me. You did, and I want you to keep carrying me. So we have a choice, how do we approach maturity? Do we let Jesus carry us, or do we wet noodle, God prove it, drag me? This is, this is relational. This is I wanna do it with you. The wet noodle thing, probably not gonna lead to anything good. So let Jesus carry you forward. So 
I want to move to 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject merely to human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, who live by the Spirit. So we let Jesus carry us, but who does the internal work, the heart work, the mindset work that leads to actions? Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. I couldn't address you as people that live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. In other words, you're living according to your human instincts. You can live by the Spirit or according to human instincts. Which one leads to maturity? This is where he's going. Live by the Spirit, but as people are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Mere infants in Christ. So living by the Spirit, having the, the mind and the heart open and being influenced, going along with the Spirit is the mark of maturity. Verse two, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. And look how, he, look how he distinguishes between immaturity and maturity, solid, deep food versus baby food. It's a list of actions. Because when we look at someone's life, that's how we know. It's not how much knowledge, how many certificates in the Bible, how many, how many verses they've memorized. It's not that. He says, our, he says, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Like, I'm looking at you and I see that your, your acts of living, the way you're relating to others, the way you're relating to God, is immature. So that's not solid food, that's not maturity. Are you not acting like mere humans? So what they were doing is, you know what they were doing? They were going, well, I don't know, I like Paul better. He's bald, I think he knows more, and he looks more academic. Well, I like Apollos, he's Greek, Paul's too Jewish. Well, I follow him, because like, oh, Peter walked with Jesus, all right? Neither, neither Apollos nor Paul, they didn't walk with Jesus. Peter was there. Peter saw him, I'm following Peter. And Paul's like, guys, can you knock this off? This is not maturity saying, oh, I, I like when this pastor preaches better than that. I, that's who I'm going to go to church for. I'm staying home if it's that one. Or, I don't know. I like this worship leader. He's saying, guys, this is not what it's about. And that shows that there's immaturity there because the actions, the lifestyle is oozing immaturity. There needs to be an internal transformation that only comes by the Spirit. We need to let the Spirit carry us forward. Let the Spirit carry you forward. It's only when the Spirit of God is invited to mess with our hearts, mess with our minds, open our understanding, when we're constantly praying to the Spirit, asking the Spirit, man, help me to think about this right. Spirit of God, today, help me to, when I'm reading the Word of God, I'm reading the Scriptures, Spirit of God, help me, because this is not gonna work unless you're here helping me. When I'm interacting with this person, when I'm going to church, Spirit, help me. Spirit, help me. This is a walk with thing. Jesus didn't sit his disciples down and say, okay, pull out your pens and paper. I'm going to teach you guys some things. No, he said, come follow me. And then he dragged them all over the place, doing life with them and teaching them in ministry. And it's the same way for us. We're supposed to walk an active lifestyle following Jesus. And he teaches us and shows us the deep things of him as we follow him. But we've got to be willing to take his hand. It does take that courage to take that first step of saying, okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you over here. And Jesus teaches us while he walks with us. Let the Spirit carry you forward. The thinking and the heart stuff that leads to action is what we need the Spirit's help with. And here's where we bring it home. John chapter four. And 
What is spiritual solid food? Here's, this is gonna be the answer right here. And if it was good enough for Jesus, it was, it's good enough for us. It's really the end of the story on what solid food is. It can't be argued with. Because if it was good enough for the perfect, the one who did it perfectly, then it certainly has to be good enough for us. John 4, verses 31 through 34. His disciples, they're taught they were hungry. It was like dinner time or whatever. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. This happened constantly with Jesus and the disciples. They never knew what he was thinking, what he was going to say. It, it, it freaked them out. Verse 32, but Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. And you know they were like, oh gosh. Here he goes again, dude, I don't know what he's saying. Is he being real or is this like one of those spiritual things he's doing? And they said, look what they say. And you notice they didn't say it to him. He said, it says, but Jesus replied, I have, and, did, and they said, did someone bring him food? They didn't look at Jesus and say, did someone bring him food? They knew better than to do that by this point. They're looking at each other going, did someone bring him food while we were gone? Like, what's he talking about? John, you know what he's saying? I, I'm not sure, man. Let's just, just look at him and look open and receptive. Smile. Verse 34, then Jesus explained, this is it right here. This is so it. My nourishment, my solid food, my real meat of the word, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. There it is. That is spiritual, solid food. Do the will of God and finish his work. Well, what did Jesus do? He loved perfectly. He served perfectly. He sacrificed perfectly. And because he lived like that, where do we stand? Because he loved, because he served, because he sacrificed, he died on the cross to close the, the gap between us and God, to bring us close to God. Because of his life of solid food maturity, we have a relationship with God, and it is no different from us. Love, serve, sacrifice. And because we live like this, others should come to know who he is. Who is coming closer to God because of your life? Who is coming closer to God because of your love, because of your service, and because of your sacrifice? That is spiritual solid food. And it's what we all should be pursuing. How will you move forward to spiritual maturity? What's the next step for you? Maybe for you, admittedly, you'd say, I'm at the beginning. I, I, need, to, I need to have an initial birthing experience. I, I need to know who Jesus is. I need to start there. And you say, maybe you're not following Jesus, and you say, do the will of God, finish his work, love, serve, sacrifice. Is that really for me? And I would say, yes. You know what that communicates to you if you're here this morning, you're not sure about God yet? He has an awesome plan for you. He doesn't just want to bring you into his family. He wants to use you for a purpose. He has a plan for you that you can only unlock hand in hand as you walk with him. And he wants to show you what his plan is for you. He wants to use you to bless others. He wants to use you to do way more than get a bank account and, and, and live a humanly successful life. He wants to use you to really bless people and pour into people in this world. He's got an awesome plan for you. But it starts with taking his hand. How will you move forward to maturity? Why don't you bow your heads and I'm gonna ask the worship team to come forward and it's gonna be time for in these next few minutes for you to talk to Jesus, you to respond to what you've heard, you to uh, eliminate me as the middleman and you to begin to respond through worship, through prayer, directly to Jesus. As always, we will always say these fr this front of this room is open. If you have the courage and if you feel like you wanna come kneel, the front of this room and talk to Jesus. Maybe take that step for the first time and say, hey man, here it is, I'm here. 
Maybe you want to stand and worship and maybe you've never lifted your hands in worship before because you never understood it, but today you lift your hands up even though it's uncomfortable and say, carry me. Here's my awkward reaching out for you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm doing this. Here I am, God. Here I am. I don't know what your response needs to be, but I hope that you will, you will say it, whatever it is, directly to him this morning and invite him into your life in the way that is gonna help you to move forward to maturity the most. So what is the next step for you? Maybe you're here and that's the prayer. Jesus, I want you, I need you in my life. I just wanna jump in. I wanna start talking straight to you. I'm gonna start praying straight to you. Maybe you're here this morning and your prayer is, God, forgive me, because I've been over, I've been in, I've been in the classroom too much, and, and it's not a bad thing, God, but I feel like my focus has been more on that academic knowledge side, and I'm not sure how many people are getting close to you because of my life. I'm not sure about the righteous life thing, and I want what I'm studying and what I'm learning and what I'm knowing, I want it to lead to living life for you. Will you forgive me for being too focused on this stuff over here? And, and help me to be more focused and live in the life that you want me to live, love, love, serve, sacrifice. Maybe you're here this morning and your prayer is, God, help me, because I'm out there. I'm trying to love, I'm trying to serve, I'm trying to sacrifice. I'm in the maturing process. I'm, I'm on the solid food, but I'm running in some roadblocks. I'm feeling some pain. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about some things. I'm grappling with some, some things. And I know it's part of the maturity process, God, but I'm struggling. And so Holy Spirit, will you help me with that internal stuff? that leads to my actions. Jesus, will you take my hand and, and carry me through this tough stuff that I'm in and help me to learn the lessons that I need to learn from these situations I'm in so that I can really be strong in you? God, I pray for everyone who reaches out to you in any way today that you would flood their being with your very real active presence and move them forward to a better place beyond this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.